0: Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Malonso, and welcome to The Twilight After Show. We just got the show shot here with my co-producer, Carl Wiggers, as well as co-host Kristen Oaks and Avery Davidson. And we've got a couple of kind of interesting stories, mm-hmm. a lot of eclectic stories on this week's show. Um, nice. We'll start with mine, I guess, uh, about hay and hay production. I went out there to do a video for uh, some, of the, some of the other projects we're working on, and I just found this really interesting angle about the fact that the Mississippi River, which has been down, that story is over with. But it's still really impacting these guys in the hay Mm -hmm. business. Number one, the the fact that the river's been so high for so long, or was so high for so long, has delayed their hay harvesting. Normally, it's done by this time of year, or at least they're they've got their eye on. It being wrapped up, but uh, the high river levels kept them off the the levee for a couple of reasons. One, because the levee board controls that kind of stuff, and they won't let them on if there's a danger of structural damage to the levee. But two, they also had um, that close to the levee, they've got pastures that are on the other side of the road, but they had sand boils up to a mile away from the river, and that's wow. kept them out of a lot of those pastures as well, along with just the regular high rainfall that we get every summer. And, and, and I like i said on the show i learned quite a bit about grass nutrients and that kind of thing and why they've got so much to manage in terms of making those hay bills as bales as nutrient dense as possible
1: well i know that a lot of people don't think about it this way but hay farmers are just grass farmers and it's not like not like i said on the show not any different from any other row crop you've got to manage the soil you've got to keep track of what kind of Uh, weed pressure you have in there because you don't want certain grasses growing in there. You don't want weeds growing. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough job.
2: And in north Louisiana, at least, or in central Louisiana, it's a tale of two opposite ends of the spectrum. You had too much rain in one part of the year, but right now it's really, really dry. Yeah. And I know that it it's different down here it seems like you'll get a rain every every afternoon
0: and that's i mean that's the tale we see every every summer and and you'd think one would be good that all of louisiana would be good for some fashion to grow hay but it's just hard it's hard to manage that really
2: dry right now unless you've got i mean not many people irrigate hay fields no so i mean it's hard to grow grass in in my lawn right now so i know that hay farmers are struggling if they have not had a rain
0: yeah. And so uh, I think one of the things that uh, was really interesting also about it for me was um, one of the guys I interviewed was Kevin Shinov, who's uh, working for them. He's an LSU student. He's a senior there, but uh, he's kind of an up and coming guy. But we I, I had a common you know, bond with him and the fact that uh, he comes from an urban area. And so all of this stuff is kind of new, but uh, he's a hard worker and he'll be somebody to watch. I think he's got his eye on a career in agriculture and he's got a great spot with uh, with email farm there. I've emailed him. I uh, emailed. <laughs> yeah. I've interviewed him before. Right. At uh, the, for, he's really involved in
3: block and bridle at LSU. Right. And what's really cool about him is he's from the heart of New Orleans, like yeah, like me. His family, and, but he still is just all all in on agriculture. He loves it. His family loves it. In fact, I got an email from his dad. Whenever he was on the show, he's like, "Hey, we love watching Twilight, We can't get enough of it." And yeah. it's it, for me. Being a country boy, it blows my mind. Somebody in New Orleans that just loves uh, a
0: farm show like we have. Right,
2: it's a rare commodity.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things I mean, what we talked about was driving up and down River Road. It's a rural, you know, it gets mm-hmm. real rural real quick south of Baton Rouge, but it's beautiful out there, you, you know. Don't and he even gets have to,
2: to go tri- that. I mean, that far around LSU, you've got cattle oh, all. Oh, it's beautiful, right? Yeah.
0: I, I love River Road. I,
3: I would if I, if I if I had a million dollars, I would <laughs> I would live right there in the middle of all those hay pastures out there. It'd probably take way more than a million dollars. I was going to say,
2: <laughs> if it's you had just a million dollars. That's what you do. It's
3: quite the escape, you know. When you don't have to, you don't have to go very far at all, you know, from my house just to get. Right. Oh well, I'm out in the country all of a sudden, and it's just like, oh, it's, it's great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. and love it, it. I love how it changes. You know, there's so much, there's so much interesting history down that way, and and um, it's of course, like we said, it's really beautiful. Well, speaking of interesting things and pastures, uh, somebody's got a new addition to their pasture. Girl. They
3: do. Uh, I did a story. We talked about it on the last episode of the podcast. I did the story on Elsie, the five-legged calf,
2: who's gone viral. Um, who's quite
3: viral. There's, I mean, across I can't, the nation, I can't get on Facebook without seeing some kind of a story about her. I follow the. Facebook 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 page, Mm -hmm. Elsie's Journey, and there's a story nonstop from some media company, media agency, Facebook page of some sort across the country, and it's just nonstop the attention they're getting. But one of the craziest things, though, is that she's just a normal old calf, like, she runs around like I mean, she's with her mom and you can see her just following her mom around the pasture and stuff and it's just it's like any other calf other than the fact that she has a fifth leg hanging off. The she top has of her no head. clue she's different. That's yeah. true. It's pretty cool. But it was, it was it was a fun story to go do. It was very different. I'll say that.
1: <laughs> we like different stories. Yeah.
3: I say, uh, if if everybody else is gonna tell Elsie's story, why not us too?
2: Well, yeah. I think the what would be a really great add on to this story would be if a kid decides to show her that would in be the neat. show ring, how would that turn out?
0: That would be neat. It would be interesting. I <laughs> tell you what, they they should do that. That would gain a lot of attention to whatever show she would come, I mean, come yeah. to, don't you think?
2: It would be... I guess they'd have to find a... because they don't have any children, so they'd have to find a child to show. Mm-hmm. But it could be, a, it could be a, a project, like a sweepstakes, for a kid to get to show her. That yeah, sounds like something... <laughs>
0: Sounds like something 4-H should get behind. Yeah. Well, one thing we're going to talk about here uh, is that uh, today is the 18th anniversary of the 9-11 events. And um, it has an intrinsic tie for me, just personally speaking, because I was coming into work here that day. And uh, there was a television set up right outside the studio, right around the corner from the door. And um, I, I had heard about it on the radio on the way to work. And when I got there, I walked in. I walked into the TV studio, and the second plane hit the second tower. Mm-hmm. And um, and we started, we were hearing reports. And uh, I think what I remember most about the time thereafter is just how surreal it was. Um, mm-hmm. It was a week of news coverage. And at that time, we didn't know any of the things we know now. And so it was, I mean, there were still fears of more attacks. There was a lot of unknowns as to who did it. And I think after a week of it, I just watched it pretty much nonstop. And then one day I just had to turn it off because it was just, I, I, it's toxic after a while. You know, you can only take so much of that that stuff. But uh, the echoes of that tragedy still, I think, ring today. I, I think I should mention the story about um, a month later or so, a month and a half later, we were, Carrie Martin and I were in Washington, D.C., doing a story on some of the after effects and, you know, getting legislation through in Washington. And we went to the Pentagon. And we just walked right up to it, and and we're on one intersection looking straight at the black hole that was in the side of the Pentagon there. We set up the camera, and, I mean, within two minutes, we were swarmed by two or three police officers. They were very nice to us, and they didn't confiscate anything they asked if we had shot anything we said no but they had required at that time an extensive permitting process and and we just didn't know anything about it and looking back i mean why did we even think we could go up to the pentagon at that time but um you know it was just uh it was a different time time. and uh uh, that was one of those things that that had changed i'm sure now there's all these protocols in place that didn't exist before that time
2: is that what the no tripod rule Started yep. around mm-hmm. yep, Capitol was, Hill yeah,
1: to where you could not have tripods there in the, in the mall area. Um, I remember I was here in Baton Rouge. You were at Channel Nine at the mm-hmm. time. I was working at WAFB, and uh, that day the st- obvious story for Baton Rouge was the airport. But about a month later, um, I went with a group from uh, Norco, Louisiana, the Gumbo Crew. We all drove up to Ground Zero. Uh, they were cooking gumbo and jambalaya and pastalaya for all the recovery workers. We were staying between a school that was, uh, they believe it was the George Washington school about two blocks away from the, where the Twin Towers stood. And uh, we were also staying over, um, toward the mid part of Manhattan. And uh, we, we were riding, we rode a John Deere Gator to go to show you how things changed after September 11th. In New York City, we rode Mm -hmm. a John Deere Gator down Broadway to get to and from where the hotel where some of us were sleeping and the school where we were cooking. Um, That experience was unlike any other. Uh, We went in to deliver meals to some of the recovery workers. I stood where the two towers had been. Uh, when I came back, it took me it it took me two weeks to be able to wash my blue jeans Wow because when I saw the the mud, all I could think about was the ash mm-hmm. and that the ash was people
0: and it just it i was I remember that ash cloud coming down the the streets on on video, and that's what horrified me i mean it, it, I think the thing that um is maybe a little bit lost in time is there were kind of two tragedies with once the planes hit and then once the towers came down because there was some intervening time in there and i think the the towers coming down really horrify it was just such a it added such an air of finality or, or you know almost another injury mm-hmm. you know at that time it seemed like another attack even though it was all the product of one one event and um uh, it, was, it was
1: another loss of life because you had people rushing in right. to save people who were trapped mm-hmm. in the areas above where the planes sit, not knowing that they wouldn't be able to get past it.
0: There's one picture out there of um, the attack happening, and it, it was of uh, one of the towers burning. I, it was before the second tower hit, and uh, ladder engine number 118 is in the lower right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. Nobody survived from that, that right. truck. And, uh, you know, but they were rushing, rushing towards it. And the photographer didn't know any of that at the time. So mm-hmm. it was just one of those serendipitous uh, captures. But yeah, uh, you, you have to think about that. A lot of people were saying, um, uh, you know, the people who woke up that morning had no idea that it would be their last
1: day. And then we were talking about this earlier because we were looking at some of the headlines. Carl was nine <laughs> right. when that happened. Well, I was- mean –
2: I was in ninth grade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ninth grade. That's so cra- it's, it's crazy, it's, though. It's a
1: different kind
3: of memory and perception. Yeah, but it doesn't It doesn't leave you. Like, I remember exactly where I was, just like you do, just like you do. Um, I remember what
2: class I was in. Yeah, I remember. I remember them rolling the TV in and had no idea what was yeah. going on and didn't really – I didn't understand the – magnitude yeah, of what was happening
3: the at the time I, I, our class didn't get a TV with the 6th the graders next door I was in 5th grade and the 6th graders next door had the TV brought into the room and they were telling us what was going on so we were hearing it as 5th graders from 6th graders what was happening and it was just like trying to decipher <laughs> think about think about 6th I mean, graders trying to explain that and it was just the craziest thing but what was really wild was when Brittany and I went to New York um, last year we went to the, you know, the The memorial. memorial. And it's incredible. It's so well done, so awesome to see uh, the infinity pool and and things like that. But we were in there and we were sitting waiting on our tour and we were looking at sixth, seventh, eighth graders, people that, you know, are the age now that we were whenever it happened. And we're sitting there thinking these kids weren't even alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't know a world without... 9-11 9/11 already happening.
1: College um, freshmen are going in right now, who were born the year it happened.
3: That's that's crazy to think about. So yeah, I had that kind of that that realization um, when we were there. It just kind of all hit me at once, and it was just kind of it, it, it gets you. And the memorial, if anybody's never been, I don't know if y'all have been, but it's a hundred percent. Brittany and I got to do some really cool things. We went to New York. Mm-hmm. That was hands down. You know heads and shoulders above any other stop that we did and i got to see hamilton oh <laughs> it was up there it was incredible it was i mean it's just you got to do it you got to see it
0: well, let's turn to something a little more positive, and uh, and that is uh, more podcasts. And uh, of course, we do this one each week, but um, the uh, there's a couple of new ones. The Vola, the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture, has gone daily, and Kerry Martin has gotten some of the all three of the major gubernatorial candidates to get on those podcasts. Those are available for downloads to listen. We're going to try next week to have all three on Twila, and mm-hmm. um, we're going to try and do a special edition of Twila. To cover their views on agriculture and what their governorships will bring, uh, regardless of who wins. So that should be interesting. It'll also, be go yeah, it, it will be. Um, there's a new Louisiana Farm Life podcast. Mm-hmm. Amelia
1: Kent, we speak with her. And, um, you know, Amelia and I have been knowing each other for years and years. We, we connected early on when I came to work for the Louisiana Farm Bureau. And, you uh, you know, it. We we talk about. We always get real deep in our conversations, just because that's the what we typically do. Normally, there's a beer between us, uh, but this time, even without it, uh, we delve into a lot of the the heartache that farmers and just people have to face. And she something gets that real she went personal. through. Yeah, she gets really personal, and she opens up a lot. And I think it's important for everyone to hear that because. We often forget that we need people to talk to. We need to be able to open up
2: to someone,
1: and we need to feel that we can.
2: I think especially right now, because this is not a great time in the farm economy.
0: Uh, I, I was going to say.
2: the Even if you didn't lose a crop because of a natural disaster this year, I haven't heard anybody that said this is a stellar corn crop, this is a stellar soybean crop. Everybody is just kind of... It's just a crop, and then with the prices on top of that, I think it's, you know, and September is National Suicide Prevention Month, and it's a hard thing to talk about, but farmers hold a lot of stuff in. Like you said Mm -hmm. earlier, they're tough. They don't, you know, they could cut their finger off and not complain. That's something feeling, every farmer I know has a tough time dealing with feelings, Mm -hmm. and it can be a lot. I think mm-hmm. to deal with when you're you're facing economic troubles, you're facing, you know, if you're a fourth fifth generation farmer and you don't know how to do anything else. So I think, you know, that was a great I th- wish we would talk about it more. And I wish mm-hmm. that we would you know, we would provide more services and provide if we had more rural mental health experts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that would just like you said talking about it more.
1: What? And just reaching out. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're feeling down, you know, or anything, just call somebody. I I, I, I mentioned uh, in in a script I wrote recently about this. You know, call your Louisiana Farm Bureau field services rep. I know that they would be willing to hear you out or direct mm-hmm. you. You know, even even Scott Bickham for crying out loud, he'll
3: help <laughs> you
2: out.
1: Well, you know? one of the things that was interesting to hear in Amelia's
3: interview with you, Avery conducted the interview with her and what was really interesting was it's not just farm stuff that causes, you know, you know, stress and anxiety and, you know, mm-hmm. just worries. It's, you know, just life. Life happens mm-hmm. to everybody and including farmers. Farmers get a good dose of it because their livelihood is attached to weather and markets that are out of their control. But it's just life. Life sucks sometimes. And that's one of the incredible things that kind of struck me was that it's not the farm causing all of this anxiety some people may face.
1: Anyone you talk to has a story. Anyone you talk to has a hardship. And that's what we need to keep in mind whenever we're we're interacting with one another, just as people, that we all have something in our lives that was tough to deal with, tough to go through, and maybe we're still dealing with today. And, and so, yeah, you got to open up about it.
0: It's something we're going to try and talk more about the show on. You know, one thing I would like to let people know about is it's hard for us to kind of cover that story because we can't exactly call people up and say, hey, talk about your mental health. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. still, you know, but if you're listening and you want to talk about it, by all means, contact us, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna try and do more of that on the show and, and show that, especially as Kristen mentioned, these tough times ahead for farmers. Well, on that happy note, we're gonna wrap it up here uh, for the Twilight After Show. I want to thank co-host Kristen and Avery, as well as co-producer Carl. Thank you guys for coming in. We will see you next week with a special. What we're gonna try and do for the podcast next week is just have the governors and that governor's candidates um, give their perspective on on everything and and try and do an extended special edition Twilight After Show. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.
3: If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with a friend. You can also support this podcast by completing a short survey on our website at twilatv.org slash podcasts. We would also really appreciate it if you would leave us a review wherever you're listening right now, be that Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. The Twilight After Show podcast is brought to you by the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Louisiana Farm Bureau is the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again right here next week.